Right. Well, welcome to the uh, SAP HCM Insights podcast. I'm Steve Bogner here with Sven Ringling and Becky Murray today. Hey, guys. Hello, Hi, Steve. So, um, yeah, today we're going to talk about employee experience. Uh, you know, what is employee experience? We hear a lot about this from SAP Success Factors, right? They even a few years ago rebranded from HCM to HXM, the Human Experience Management. Um, but you know. Like a lot of things that can get caught up in a lot of marketing jargon and it's easier to to say it than maybe it is to actually implement it. And, you know, as, as working consultants, I think that's one of the um, things where we can maybe provide some some different perspectives. You know, what's our perspectives in. First of all, defining what is employee experience and then second, um, you know, how are some tips, you know, what are some tips and some ways that we can achieve that as we. Uh, look at implementing or extending or continuing to enhance uh, the SAP success factors ecosystem that we work with. So, Sven, we'll start with you. So, um, you know, for you, what, how do you define employee experience? What, when you think about employee experience, what is that? I think it may sound stupid, but in, in a nutshell, it really is how somebody does experience being an employee at your organization. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole thing. That's not just when they interact with HR. And I think we as HR tech professionals, uh, definitely I can speak for myself in, in the past, we tend to be confused between employee experience, which is a very broad uh, concept, um, with user experience in the HR system, which can be a very, very narrow concept unless you work in HR. So I think that's um, the important that we distinguish between the two. There's a lot more experience employees have in your organization than when they touch your HR system um, occasionally or maybe daily. Uh, so I think it's the whole thing. How does it feel to being an employee in that company? Yeah, and I'll tag along a little bit on that. Sven, to your point, it's also about um, you know, how they interact and engage employee and company and company and employee at various points in time. It could be, you know, on a day to day basis. It could be around certain key events, you know, around like a performance management process or something like that. But it could also be a little bit of an experience that a particular category of employee has. Um, someone like a recruit or a new hire or someone who's going out on leave. You know, what processes are, you know, um, are expected at that point in time and, and how are they relate to the employee and how does the employee participate in those process? And then ultimately, you know, what is their feeling or their um, level of engagement in those processes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I like all of all of that, but I guess I would, from my perspective, I would add maybe a couple of things to that is. Um, Part of the employee experience also depends on employee wants, what their desires are, right? Um, and I think that, you know, too often we don't ask employees what they want. And, you know, we sort of assume, okay, well, this is what we're gonna give you. But, you know, maybe they don't want that, maybe they want something different, but I think those employee desires also go into, you know, um, not only interactions with the company, but uh, paying benefit policies too. And I think that we need to listen to employees there. Um, and that's, I, you know, basically, you know, a lot of times we don't really listen to what employees want. 
right? We sort of make some assumptions, but I think that first step is with employee experience is all about listening to employees, um, understanding what they want because, you know, uh, a factory worker will want something different than a traveling salesperson, two different types of people. And um, we can't assume that we can provide the same things to both and have that work. But, and also I think there's another thing that we sometimes leave out of this conversation in addition to employees, we need to talk about contingents. Um, you know, depending on the company, there can be a high contingent workforce uh, percentage. And, you know, those people are working side by side with employees every day. And, um, you know, some countries have, you know, equal pay for equal work laws, right? Uh, even if you're contingent, you still have to be paid fairly, you know, to the employee. Um, and I think that that can go for, the experience too, because, you know, even though it's a contingent, not a, a formal employee, um, maybe you do want your company to be attractive for contingents because even turnover in contingents is something that is costly. So just wanted to put that out there. A lot of times we talk about employee experience, but let's, I, I would put in contingents there too. That's a great point. Yeah, definitely have a, an inclusive definition of employee for sure. Um, especially if you've got some long-term um, contingent workers, or, you know, if you're in an industry where there's high visibility, you want to make sure that, you know, the reputation of your company reflects accurately the culture that you're hoping you portray. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, one of the things I think that's um, lost when we talk about employee experience is it doesn't just happen, right, when we put in a new software system. When when we put in SAP success factors and maybe Concur, maybe Fieldglass, and maybe uh, Qualtrics, you know, things that go along with that. Um, employee experience doesn't just happen. It needs to, it needs some intention behind it. And um, I know from my perspective with, you know, working a lot with time and payroll systems, uh, you know, time and payroll systems sort of come at the back end, the end of the HR process, right? And so a lot of times in projects, we spend a lot of time up front getting the HR interactions right, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of sometimes sitting back here working on payroll, waiting for that to happen because, you know, after that happens, then I get to sort of get into payroll. And so then a lot of times payroll is sort of uh, crunched at the back end of the project. And so a lot of times, you know, in these implementations, we're doing well just to get a good, stable time and payroll solution put in. And a lot of times I think in the in time and payroll, we're not looking at employee experience seriously we're not seriously looking at it um you know in the last podcast uh, todd acevedo and fran smolders pointed out that with um, time tracking that's a an employee experience that probably has the broadest scope and and the most frequent frequency i guess of interaction right the timesheet you know, a lot of people have a timesheet that they interact with and um you know getting that right is is a big deal and and getting timesheet approvals right is a big deal because, you know, um, I'm not expecting any, any manager to ever enjoy approving a timesheet. Um, but at least we cannot make it burdensome, right? At least we can make some of these processes um, suck less, I guess. Um, is, is, and that's a bad way to put employee experience, but I think a lot of times, um, you know, that's quite an accomplishment if we can do that. 
Well, ultimately, at the end of the day, if something is complex or burdensome, people will revert back to how they used to do things or yeah. for alternative ways to do things. And, and sometimes that kind of circumvents the, the whole idea of having some, some of these tool sets in place. So, you know, the tool definitely, if you're using a tool to help enable your experience, it's got to be easy to use. It's got to be delivered in a medium that's convenient for people to access. Um, and it's, you know, got to be friendly. For sure. I completely relate to, to this making making processes that are very, very rarely fun, at least bearable. Um, just uh, I remember uh, just uh, was it three weeks ago after uh, a year of begging our company implemented Concur for travel expense. I used it in the past and it changed my life as a consultant when I had 100 receipts per month or more. And, and now being back to Excel sheets was very painful ever when I, since I came back to Germany, I was back to Excel and paper. And now, even though we are not traveling a lot due to COVID, at least I know if I travel, uh, it's a much nicer experience uh, with having a, a digital process, no paper, um, no paper receipts anymore. So that, that just makes it not great but uh, it really takes the sting out of it completely so let's let's talk about some more of the tools here that um, companies can use to um, enhance that employee experience and i know that uh, qualtrics was uh, a big um, a big factor in in sap success factors and um, in understanding where employees are um, and span i know you've worked with qualtrics for a while so um, you know what are some examples of how qualtrics has been used, you know, from what you've seen to, you know, improve that employee experience. Yeah, Qualtrics falls into a completely different category of improving employee experience. Like the, your example with the timesheet or my example with Concur is that employees touch a particular process and that tool makes that process better, maybe even mm -hmm. enjoyable. Um, Qualtrics is, is not a tool you touch and you enjoy it because before you cared about employee experience, you didn't even have Qualtrics. Qualtrics is there to actually look at the wholesome experience throughout the organization, at least ideally if you use it properly, um, going through a three-step process of collecting insights or feedback from employees. That's what, what you were saying at the beginning. We need to listen to employees. That's the listening part. Um, then having some meaningful analysis that's not just kept on board or HR director level, but is thrown throughout the organization. So every line manager gets that feedback, understands how their teams uh, feel about the everyday experience, and then um, ending up with a call to action so that the tool even supports line managers or uh, other individuals in taking the right actions to improve uh, this experience. So with this like guided action planning, as they call it, where you have a catalog of action that are assigned to certain problems that uh, are suggested to line managers to take, or even uh, taking the loop back to the employee with an integrated idea board where you go to your team and say, hey, this is what you said, what we need to improve. There are some ideas I have uh, how to improve it, but maybe you have ideas how to improve it and let's vote on it and see how we work with this. So I think that's mm -hmm. like the ideal close of the loop 
that you start with the feedback, um, get the analysis, and then go back to the employees and say, hey, guys, let's work on this together. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is really then not just looking at your HR system. Of course, your HR system, especially the high-intensity interaction with employees, like the time system you mentioned, uh, that would be part of it. But that could be the food in the canteen or uh, leadership styles, culture, uh, learning opportunities, fair pay, and anything mm -hmm. um, that you would uh, co uh, collect feedback with mm -hmm. this kind of tool. So, I mean, behind the tool, then, there's a whole sort of business emphasis, right, on asking the questions and listening to the questions, then acting on what you hear. So, it's not like you just put the tool in and the tool takes care of things. It's actually, you have to actively, as a business, have that in the forefront of your mind, right? That, you know, what questions are we asking? What are we hearing? What are we doing? Exactly. It's... Um... Uh, you you say what questions are you asking? You really need to think about what are you willing to change. If you're yeah. asking, do you like the color of the office wall? And everybody says we hate it. We hate red. We want yellow. And then you go back and say, hey, you all want the really wall, uh, a yellow wall. But actually, this is a rented office. We are not allowed to change it. And why are you asking in the first place, right? Um, okay. I always say this is like if, if you are going out to work in the days before you always worked from home um, and every day at 3 p.m. your partner calls you and says, hey, darling, what would you like for dinner? And you say, I'd like a steak. And then you get home and it's a salad. And this repeats every day. One day we just say, you know what? Please don't ask. That just makes it worse if you ask me. And then you don't uh, consider my yeah. wishes at all, right? We are not yet at that point where the action at the end is taken automatically by the system. I think that's a few decades in the future. I know during um, uh, when COVID first hit, during the start of the pandemic, Qualtrics released um, you know some some tools around employee engagement and satisfaction and wellness. We actually deployed them at our organization internally. Um, and it was nice to see each month, um, you know, how people were doing, how they were feeling and where, you know, our company as a whole could help support our employees. So focus on things such as, um, you know, health and wellness, mental wellness and things like that really um, came to the forefront at our organization, just based as a, as a result of these Qualtrics surveys that went out, you know, that people were having, um, um, different work experiences now that they were predominantly working from home and, and we came mm -hmm. up with ways to better support them, you know, as a result of these tools. That's great. And, you know, I think that's, um, you know, one of the benefits of focusing on employee experiences, like you said, Becky, you, you know, people feel heard, they feel listened to, um, they feel appreciated. Those are, you know, sort of emotional bonds with a company that are healthy to nurture, right? I never want the, your business or the work to be your family, right? When I hear executives say, well, we're like one big family here. It's like, no, we're really not. We're really not a big family. But <clears throat> having some emotional bonds with your work and your coworkers is, is a healthy thing um, because people need that, right? People need that sense of belonging and feeling that they're listened to, appreciated, heard, and understood. And, you know, that's gonna lead to, I think, higher engagement. And we all know that higher engagement means uh, 
it's better financials for the company, it's happier customers, leads to a lot of good things. And so, um, you know, that's why you focus on employee experience because it does it does lead to those those good benefits. Um, but again, I have to say that, you know, in a lot of implementations I've seen in the last history of everything I've been doing since I've been uh, in this uh, in this uh, market space, um, the focus on employee experiences has always been secondary, right? To just getting a project done on time, for example. Um, and sometimes that's appropriate, and sometimes you can work on employee experience after that. But um, I, I would just like to see employee experience become just as important as getting people paid correctly. Yeah, organizations I think are starting to see, you know, some of the 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 downward impact of that, Steve. You know, five, ten years ago we put this in place, but adoption was only sixty percent. Yeah. Or we put this, you know, tool in place to help enable XYZ, but turns out people still do it on paper or, you know, send it to us via email. Mm -hmm. And so they're beginning to realize that just because they put tools in place doesn't mean that people were necessarily necessarily enabled to either use the tool or that the experience with the tool was a good one. Um, and so they're yeah. really rethinking how they, what tools they decide to utilize to help enable uh, processes and how they're positioned. Um, mm -hmm. And that might be a good segue to talk about something like a work zone, which is, you know, essentially a, a hub of various different tools that people use to, to do their job, whether that's related to finance, supply chain, HR, to have everything all in one place. You know, I think we've, either in our personal lives or in our professional lives have a series of email accounts and bank accounts and different apps for this and cloud accounts for that with different usernames and passwords and we're going to different sites. And if you think about mm -hmm. that from an employee standpoint of having you know, a site for a payslip and a type site for a timesheet and a third party site for a reward and yeah. recognition tool, you know, all these different things with different sites and different passwords it can be a lot and it can be cumbersome for people to keep track of. Um, so a tool like WorkZone kind of pulls all of those pieces together, gives people a single place to go to utilize those enablement tools, um, mm -hmm. whether they're SAP tools or third party, and then ultimately mm -hmm. tries to streamline those processes as well. So to have, you know, um, just it, it kind of, I don't want to say interactive, but engaging processes around something like a work life event. You know, what is it that you need to do? Well, I had a new baby. Okay, well, you might need to put in for a leave of absence. You might need to update your benefits. You might need to adjust your dependents and to have the ability to complete that entire, you know, I'm using air quotes, but experience in a single place, mm -hmm. um, even though it may touch on different, you know, transactional components outside of your experience. Um, means that it's meaningful and, and usable by employees and, and they're more likely to go ahead and complete that process using a tool set rather than just saying there are too many things to do. I'm just going to pick up the phone and call someone, which, you know, takes them out of the system and, and reverts you back to a manual right. process. And, and or also, they just dependency, you know, uh, yeah, or they just don't do it all, right? They don't do it all. Yeah. <laughs> And their paycheck is wrong and their benefits are wrong and then that's a bad experience right that's always and the alternative steve yep <laughs> yeah i mean that happens i mean some people just get frustrated and you know uh, i mean I, I like your example of having having a baby uh, you know there's a lot of things on someone's mind yeah. at that point right and um, you know out of frustration 
or just because people forget, you know, certain things don't happen. And I always hate to see that because when we pay someone incorrectly, it's not because we wanted to or that we typically did a bad job. It's that we didn't know something about the employee to make it right. Yep. So, um, and to me, that's, you know, one of the things in payroll for employee experience, I always, always tell people is um, the, the payroll that people don't notice is the best payroll, right? Paying people accurately is sort of a baseline expectation. Um, when you get that wrong, that's a bad employee experience. And it's really challenging to get that right consistently all the time. Um, but, you know, when you do pay people incorrectly, sort of like a, they call it in, in the service industry, uh, service recovery, right? How do we recover from that? So, you know, when when we got your pay wrong because the maternity process wasn't handled correctly, how do we recover from that? And I think that that's another part of employee experience that makes a big difference because we're not gonna be perfect all the time. It's just not possible. So when we do have to recover like that, um, what does that look like? I, I know personally, when I've had service issues, um, the recovery process can make a big difference, right? Or the lack of a recovery process can make an even bigger difference. Yeah, all how that experience is framed. Just uh, pick up on on your point of saying sometimes employees just don't do something. I think that's an important point that's underestimated, and and often HR might look at their analytics and say, oh, employees don't even want this or that because they don't use it. Um, this could be as simple going back to my expense example. If you have a terrible process, you have an expense of five euros seventy five. You're probably just not posting it because it's not worth the trouble. But you still feel that the company kind of stole those five euros seventy five from you because it made it so difficult to claim it back, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. or in terms of feedback. Um, uh, like uh, your example with uh, WorkZone, it makes it very easy to have one go-to point for all things, including employee feedback, because you also can include uh, uh, Qualtrics as a listening tool in WorkZone. So if that's easy, people are more likely to actually give you feedback. Um, but if it's very difficult to provide feedback or if feedback is only asked for once a year in this traditional old-style employee survey and people will have forgotten what happened in February, then um, then some HR people might take no news for good news and nobody complained about it. So it mm -hmm. must all be right when in reality, the feedback process is so cumbersome uh, that it, people don't pick it up. Yeah, well, and, and if your feedback is never acted on or taken, <clears throat> taken seriously, then you stop providing feedback. You know, there are certain companies that have asked me for feedback over the years and and I give it and nothing happens with it. And so I stopped giving it. And, you know, it's, it's, un, it's unfortunate, you know, because I think the feedback can improve products and processes, but, um, you know, if it's, if it's not taken seriously or not implemented, then, um, like you said, Sven, it's like, you feel like that effort has been wasted, right? The five euros, uh, was wasted and, uh, taken advantage of. So, Employee experiences is, is it's not uh, it's not so easy I think for some companies to achieve because of that listening and that feedback loop. Um, it's really a different way of thinking, different way of operating. 
Yeah, I mean, that's uh, many people talk about a listening culture. And I think that's quite a good, um, a good mm -hmm. name if you imply that listening also means actually listening with a purpose and, and doing something about it. Listening alone is certainly not enough. But usually, if I hear listening culture, I imply that means you listen because you intend to do something with what you are hearing. And I think that's that's a very important. Um, tool to to not a tool a, a attitude to achieve as an organization uh, to be permanently listening and trying to do something with it correct yeah agreed and you know hopefully we can see time allocated in projects now for companies to achieve this it, it's um you know we've talked about things similar to this before um you know in a lot of um HR implementation projects, um, when bids are evaluated from various vendors, a big part, a big criteria is the cost and the time. And, you know, if you want to actually invest in employee experience, and if you actually want to take it seriously, then it's going to take additional time in your HR system implementation to make that happen. Um, it's not so much all just about the technology, but it's about the business transformation. And in a lot of companies, we can implement technology faster than we can change business practices. Yeah. And so you have to really prepare yourself and, and pace yourself so that um, you can change the organization or start changing the organization. I think it's probably more of a continual transformation, but you have to get that attitude and you have to start doing that during your implementation project if you want to make this employee experience actually a win for the company. Um, yeah, that's, that's a great point. But the technology is just a, an enablement tool. There's really sure. got to be a, a cultural shift towards putting employee focus first um, and, and really some type of um, executive stakeholder or sponsor who really helps to kind of drive and share that message. Um, yeah. That way people universally are on board and, and, and to your point, it's it's an ongoing thing because people's needs or wants or um, you know processes change over time. So you kind of always want to be checking in to see how things are going and how they're being utilized and how people are experiencing the, the different processes you hope they're engaging in. And it could be that you know that's that's it's not the right time for your company to invest in that employee experience um, realm or that 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 payoff. There's a lot of payoff to it. And it could be that you just really need to replace your HR technology. And so you're just going to do more of a technical project and put it in and then, you know, maybe you address it later, but, um, you know, don't, don't be expecting a lot of payoff from employee experience. If you don't give it the time and attention that it needs either before your project, during your project or after this isn't something that just happens. And I think that's, that's the main thing I wanted to communicate with listeners for this podcast, you know, based on my experience. Nothing good just happens, right? It, it takes work. It takes time and investment. And if you don't take the time and investment, you're not going to get it. And, you know, there's a lot of marketing messaging from uh, not only success factors, but, you know, HR uh, technology providers in general about employee experience and, and that's good. And so just remember that behind all the marketing, you actually need some effort to make it happen. At the danger of making this uh, a quoting advert, but uh, this is where I think the the solution of experience management for IT they also has have as a, a, a 
pre-configured solution or a template solution uh, comes in that you actually, if you have a large IT project and it can be successful, it can be as for HANA implementation, something that really impacts your whole workforce that um, um, they offer you this listening pre, during and post project. So somebody tells me with this project, we will improve our employee experience a lot. And then when I ask, okay, what's your employee experience today? And then there's silence and maybe a, maybe not that great, but there's no evidence because right. nobody actually asked how employees are feeling about the current process and tools they have. So you have a, a baseline to build on and hopefully after your project, if you ask again, they are happier, otherwise something went wrong. And ideally during the project with your focus group or user acceptance testers, you use the tool to see that it's going the right direction. So that's, mm -hmm. I think that's a, a good approach to really um, monitor large IT projects or also operations like uh, uh, service desks to get continuous feedback from like your, your employees, the customers of those solutions. So there's a lot to do with employee experience. I think that's uh, kind of what we've uh, talked about and found out about here. Um, one thing that I just want to add, you know, I think maybe maybe not the last thing, maybe it is, I don't know. Um, we have to keep in mind the cultural differences too with employee experience. Um, you know, it's, if I approach, okay, I'll just use payroll, that's my, that's my thing, right? If I approach payroll, um, in France, the same way that I approach payroll in the US, I'm going to fail. It's different expectations. Not, it's not only just getting the paycheck right, but different expectations about, about how I interact with the employees and what the employees really want. There's different um, benefits in France compared to the US and, and a lot of things are different. So the way that I would work on employee experience for payroll in France is different than I would in the US, different than I would in Brazil. Sometimes we just get, especially in the US, I think we're bad about it. We get very US specific and we forget that, you know, these other countries have different cultures, different um, expectations and different wants and desires, right? Which kind of comes back to where, you know, I think it all starts, which is listening and that listening takes time, but I think that's where it starts. And I'll, I'll quickly tag on Steve also. Um, you know, some of the different age brackets of your employees yeah. have different experiences and prefer different mediums and prefer to engage in, in different formats. So, you know, being, being able to offer something kind of in a multi-format capacity to kind of meet the needs of, of um, you know, how people prefer to experience things is also very helpful, particularly if you're trying to either retrain, uh, retain or attract, you know, certain populations of employees. Exactly. Yeah. Well, diversity for the win, right? Absolutely. It's, uh, I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in, in diversity. It also can make things like an employee experience a little more challenging. But, mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. As well, when you talked about cultures in different countries, I was thinking, yeah, but you have that mix inside one organization, inside one country, because people come from all kinds of places. So at the end of the day, uh, it's it's a lot about uh, inclusion and considering differences. And that's where the, the, for me, the biggest enemy of inclusion when we talk about experience management is the word average. Yeah. Employees are okay on average without you 
diving into the various subgroups, you, you might just as well uh, discriminate heavily against certain groups that are not big enough to influence that average. Yep. Average is boring, they say. So, all right. My marketing teacher at business school said, uh, what about average employee or average consumer? What does it mean? Your head is in the freezer, your feet are in the oven, on average, you're okay. I love it. Nice. Well, uh, Becky and Sven, thanks for uh, chatting about the employee experience here. Hopefully, we've given our listeners some things to think about and, well, hopefully some things of value too, right? I hope so. Um, you know, we welcome feedback from any of the listeners. You can um, give it to us on the LinkedIn page. We always post this on LinkedIn. We'll put it on Twitter. There's lots of ways you can engage with us and give us feedback, um, good and bad, either way you want to go. Um, but uh, hopefully, um, you know, we can make employee experience a more central part of of all these implementations that we're doing, um, you know, it's it's more than marketing. It's it's good for people. It's good for companies, um, but we don't get it for free, so we have to work at it. So, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah.